Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. What a very special time Christmas is, and it's such a, uh, an amazing time of year. In fact, Christmas is a huge event, and uh, it's acknowledged all over the world. Even people who are not Christians, people who are heathen acknowledge Christmas, may not celebrate Christmas, but they actually take holidays at Christmas and give gifts at Christmas. That's the impact that Christmas has had on our world. And uh, no other religious leader has had that impact because, you see, when Jesus was born, and in, in fact, every time we write the date, we acknowledge the day he was born. When Jesus was born, he was not just a religious leader who came to say some nice things, to live a good life and then to die. When Jesus was actually born, here's the powerful thing, all of heaven came down. One realm invaded another. I don't know if you're aware of that today. When you think about Christmas, don't just think about a human baby in a manger. Think about all of heaven coming down. And uh, the realm of heaven was in Christ and was active when his birth took place. You see, Jesus was not just another religious leader born in a string of religious leaders. Jesus existed before he was born. He was what we call the pre-incarnate Christ. He was in heaven before his birth. And so when he was born, all of heaven came down with to acknowledge and to celebrate and to acknowledge, uh, to, to, to announce his birth. You'll notice in John chapter 3 and verse 13, it says this, No one hath gone up, into the, gone up to the heaven, except he who out of the heaven came down, the Son of Man who is in heaven. When the baby Jesus was born, all of heaven was present and manifest. The wonderful preacher, the late wonderful preacher, R.C. Sproul, he said what we celebrate at Christmas is not so much the birth of a baby, but the incarnation of God himself. This was not an ordinary birth. Here was God present and all of heaven present. And I don't know if you realize it, when we read the famous, if you like, texts from the book of Luke about the birth of Jesus, we notice as we pay careful attention that all of heaven was present and all of heaven came down when Jesus was born. I'm going to read to you two passages here. But firstly, from Luke chapter 1, and it tells us here, God sent the angel Gabriel, the archangel of heaven, was sent to announce the birth of Jesus. Heaven came down, and it says, he was sent to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored, the Lord is with you. In other words, I'm here and God himself is present. Even before you are pregnant, heaven has come down. Amazing thing. And it says Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called son of the most High. In other words, the child or the son of heaven. Heaven is mentioned here a lot. 
And how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, third person of the Trinity, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Now, it's God the Father and, and God the Holy Spirit will bring God the Son, and I'm here to announce all of heaven is present in this place right now to cause God to be born in you. And he says, so the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. Can you see how heaven came down at Christmas? It wasn't just some random birth, and, and now we think Jesus is special because he said some special things. No, all of heaven was mobilized. One realm invaded the other, and it was a significant event. That's why it is marked in history every time we even write the date Christmas is acknowledged. Max Lucado, in his uh, wonderful Christmas book called God Came Near, he says it like this. He says, it all happened in a moment, a most remarkable moment that was like none other. For through that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became man. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, divinity arrived. And then he says this, heaven opened herself and placed her most precious one in a human womb. I don't know if you get the awe of this today the awe of the fact that heaven came down. Now we read again in Luke, just a few verses here, Luke chapter two and verse eight. And now Jesus has been born and it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, heavenly angels and the glory of the Lord shone around them. In other words, the presence of God, the glory of God, and angelic beings appeared on the earth. They weren't up in the clouds going, lee, 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 lee. They came actually down. It must have been like, because it actually goes on to say here, and they were terrified, not surprised. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. A great company. Stacks of angels came down and added to this. The whole of heaven was mobilized to announce this thing. Praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven from where they came, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. All of heaven was mobilized. In fact, we don't have time to study all the text because it's quite a wonderful and long story. But in chapter one of Luke, in verse 78, Zechariah, who is John the Baptist's father, he actually says that the Son will come to us, speaking of Jesus, from heaven. And so heaven is mentioned, not just the birth of a leader, a religious teacher, but heaven will come down in the person of Jesus, and earth will never be the same. Well, you say, well, so what? Well, we need to understand that this is no ordinary event. And Christmas isn't just something where we mark the birth of a man. No, this is God himself with all of heaven coming down to change the history and the destiny of men. Even the carols we sing speak about heaven coming down. In fact, in the second verse of Silent Night, written by the man Joseph Moore, you'll remember the words, Silent Night, Holy Night, Shepherds Quake 
at the sight. And then it says, glories stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. All of heaven came down at Christmas. You say, well, does it really matter? Yes, it does, because you need to go back in history and look at the fact that God seldom visited the earth. You read in Genesis of him visiting and coming down to speak to Adam and Eve, but mostly God dwelt in heaven, and he created earth for man, and a man lived on earth. Satan was cast down to earth, out of heaven, after he rebelled, and it was only occasionally that God came down. When, Adam, uh, when Abraham found himself uh, in, in, in need of, of a child and, and desired to have an heir, the Bible says God came down. Three men visited him, and he called them singular, the Lord. And we believe it's the Father, the Son, and the pre-incarnate Jesus. And so only occasionally during the Bible do we see God come down. We see when the children of Israel were in captivity in Egypt that God saw and came down. But it was a rare occurrence. It was infrequent. It was temporary. And it was just to help people, save people. And then it was as though God dwelt in the heavens. And people on earth longed to see him, hoped to see him. But it wasn't a regular thing. But in Jesus, God came to dwell amongst us. In fact, it says he made his home amongst us and spent years and years on the earth. And it was only during Moses' time really where we see a lot of God coming down. You'll remember that. And, uh, and it mentions it specifically. In fact, one time, the Lord tells Moses to bring the elders with him in the book of Numbers. He says, because I'm going to come down, and I'm going to come down, and I'm going to put my spirit on you, and I'm going to put my spirit on them. But it was very unusual, and it wasn't frequent. In fact, when Jesus was born, all of heaven came down, and the whole of earth changed. The authoress Barbara Brown Taylor says Christmas Eve is the time when the membrane between heaven and earth was so thin you can almost see through it. That's how, that's how the, 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 the realms came close to one another. And I want to give you four reasons why heaven came down this morning. You say, well, you know, is it important? Yes, it is. There are four significant reasons why Christmas happened when it did. And the first reason heaven came down is this, the compassion of God and the hunger of men. The compassion of God and the hunger of men. God looked down and saw the planet, its plight, its sin, its degradation, its need of salvation, and men looked up and hungered for God. That's why 2,000 years ago was the perfect time for Jesus to be sent, If Jesus was sent today, we would ignore him because most people don't have any need of him and most people don't think there's anything called sin. So when Jesus came, there was this hunger, but God also looked down with compassion. In fact, the Bible says that he looked for someone on the earth to use, but he could find no one. And then he said in Isaiah, my own arm will work for me salvation. When Jesus told the parables, He mentioned the parable of the vineyard, which is a picture of Israel, also a picture of the church. And the vineyard was was the the, the place where where God would send the servants. And and Jesus told this parable, the prophets were the servants. But then later he said, you know what, they've killed the prophets. I'm going to send my own son. They will listen to him. 
And so there's this picture. God speaks through the prophets. He feels sorry for man, but eventually he says, you know what? Man needs more than, than, than messages. He needs my son. And he sends him down and he dies for the world. And here's this compassion, but here's also a hunger. When you read the Old Testament, you see that uh, the prophets, even uh, 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 the prophet Isaiah and David hungered for God to come down. And, and, and Isaiah prays like this. He says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. And when, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. So what he's saying here is we need you to show yourself, God. You're up there out of everything, but when you come down, you'll show the nations who you are. David prayed several times, knowing where his help would come from. And he says in Psalm 144, part your heavens, Lord, and come down, touch the mountains so that they smoke. In other words, let people know who you are and come and help us. And so there's this compassion of God looking down. There's this hunger of men and the two ignite in order to bring about the birth of Jesus. John of Kronstadt, the Russian Orthodox pastor and priest, he says this, he says, the Lord before his incarnation, let mankind experience all the bitterness of sin, all their powerlessness to eradicate it, and when all longed for a deliverer, then he appeared. The most wise, all-powerful physician and helper, when men hungered and thirsted after righteousness as it grew weaker, then the everlasting righteousness came. When we wanted it to happen, God looked down with compassion, then the glory of heaven descended in the person of his son and reached down to us. You know, men have always imagined uh, someone like a savior coming to help them. At the beginning of the 20th century when Superman was created, I don't know if you were growing up with Superman, I was at the Superman comics, but we kind of almost like, imagine if there was someone like that. You could just, you know, da 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 and you have a car accident, and he comes and puts his hand in the way, and ha, you know, forget about first insurance or whatever. Outsurance, you get something out. He doesn't even let it happen. He's there, da, 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 da. And there's that desire that heaven would come down and stronger than us save us from our folly. Isn't that true? But you know what's happened to the world today? If you think of the 20th, 20th century, even in the 20th century, there was an expectation of God, a love for God, if you like. Think of Cecil B. DeMille. Many of you would remember him or know of him, the director who made all those movies, The Ten Commandments, you know, and, and Ben-Hur and, uh, and uh, Moses. Those movies in the beginning of the 20th century gripped the hearts of people. He won awards. And those movies are still shown on certain channels. But today, we don't, we don't expect God to come. We're not looking for heaven. We don't believe there's a heaven. People don't believe there's a God. Look at all the suffering. Look at all the poverty. There can't be a God. So what, not, we're not expecting any help to come anymore. In fact, what we're expecting is disaster. And we worship the environment and are trying to protect the environment because we expect the environment to be to end, and so there's this paranoia, and the movies they're making today are all about aliens invading the world, not about God coming back. In fact, if Jesus had to appear today, most of us would ignore him. But the time when heaven came down was because God was compassionate and men hungered. 
was reading about the movies that are being made today and how negative we are. We've got no hope. The Darkest Hour. It's about aliens extracting deposits of metals and minerals from the core of the earth to charge their batteries. And they say they're going to come and take over the earth so they can get all the minerals. Pacific Rim, an alien race attempting to wipe out mankind and conquer the earth and eradicate life on all planets before taking them over. It gets worse. The Avengers. Loki, prince of Asgard, comes to earth to retrieve the infinity stone for a villain. And in return is given an army that he might conquer the earth and make it his kingdom. Wait, it gets worse, the edge of tomorrow. A race of brutal alien invaders that seeks to conquer different planets throughout the galaxy. And their goal is to destroy humanity and claim the earth as its own. Wait, there's less hope. Independence Day. The harvesters seek to harvest and destroy planets and refuel their ships at the expense of driving races to extinction. And one last one, the predator. The predator arrives on earth to hunt armed and dangerous humans as a challenge, etc., etc., etc. We feed our fears. We have made environmentalism a religion, and we have forgotten that God one day will come down to this earth. And the Bible tells us there will be signs in the heavens and signs on the earth. There will be earthquakes. The earth will start creaking. It will start heating up. It isn't my V8 that's doing it. And we are now starting to worship the planet, live in fear instead of looking up to God and realizing 2,000 years ago, heaven came down that we might go to heaven. Christmas is a very significant time. And there was this longing from people like David. David knew where his help would come from. In fact, he knew prophetically that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would come from his line. And he says this in Psalm 57, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me, he will send from heaven and save me. And at that time, the wise men waited and looked. Anna, the prophetess, waited and looked. Men longed and God had compassion and heaven came down. I don't know if you realize that Christmas is not an ordinary time. It's not just the birth of somebody it is heaven visiting earth. The second reason why heaven came down is to reveal our divine destination. Very little was known of heaven in the Old Testament. Men did not understand where heaven was or what heaven was. Very few people experienced heaven. Moses went up and experienced the glory of God. But Jesus brought heaven to earth. And what he said was this. He said, when you pray, pray like this, your will be done on, uh, done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let earth be like heaven. How is heaven? It's excellent. It's righteous. It's ordered. It glorifies God. God is at the center of heaven, and earth ought to be the same. God ought to be the center. Earth ought to be ordered. It's funny, wherever you find poverty and chaos, uh, people feel sorry, but guess what? People aren't living according to heaven. You can live according to heaven even in poverty by just ordering your little life. Don't have to have a lot. You just order your, your being. You order your mind. That's how heaven is. And he came to show us that earth isn't our permanent place, but that heaven is going to be our permanent place. And Jesus came to point to heaven. Even when he ascended, he ascended into heaven, and they stood gazing up into the sky because we weren't born for earth. We were actually born for eternity. 
Interestingly, when you study the Hebrew, the word heaven is plural because it ends in I am, shemayim. And whenever a Hebrew word ends in I am, it means it's plural. The Hebrew word for earth is aretz, which is singular. This earth is only meant to be here for a short time, then it will be taken away. Despite all your batteries and your windmills, it will end. But the heavens, plural, are eternal. That's our divine destination. And Jesus came to tell us that God came to save us and to take us to our divine destination. That's why 1 Corinthians 15, you read about the resurrection, it tells us this. It says, as we came from the earthly Adam, so shall we be transformed by the heavenly Adam, speaking of Jesus. We were born on earth, but we were destined for heaven. And when, when heaven came down, we receive heaven and we end up in our divine destination. Does that make sense this morning? Number three, the third reason why heaven came down at the birth of Jesus is to bless us. The minute Jesus appeared on the planet and began his ministry, it was one of blessing. Despite the sinful condition and the, 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 the religiosity and, and the distance from God, Jesus came to bless. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He fed the multitudes. He, he blessed business people with catches of fish. Jesus did good to people. He healed wherever he went. He preached the good news. He comforted people and um, opened the eyes of the blind, raised up the lame, and came to bless us. And so Jesus did not come to add another. He didn't say, my father sent you the Ten Commandments through Moses. I've come with addition to uh, 11 to 20. No, he came to bless, to do us good, the good we can't do to ourselves because we are broken humanity. Michael Spencer, in his book called Mere Churchianity, he says this, he says, as flawed human beings, we give only a vague hint of God. In other words, we've lost that glory of God. There's only a hint of it. Our broken reflection of God's image is easily drowned out by our broken humanity. Then 2,000 years ago, God came in his fullness. He came to all of us in Jesus. See, God came to us in Jesus. It's not that Jesus came. God came in Jesus with all of heaven. And it says the incarnation is not owned, trademarked, or controlled by any church. It belongs to every human being. The incarnation is not something that requires a distributor or a middleman. It is a gracious gift to every person everywhere, religious or not. God gave himself to us in Jesus. You know, God said, I'm going to do good to humanity. I'm going to send my own son to die for their sins. I'm going to show them how good I am. I feel compassion for them. They are hungering for me. I'm going to show them a divine destination, and I'm going to bless them and reach them and save them, and, and that's why Christmas occurred. But number four today, God's compassion, man's hunger, the divine destination, God's blessing can't happen unless heaven comes down and deals with something important. Heaven came down to rescue us from sin's power and sin's penalty. You know, people can't understand why God, a God of love, can send people to hell. I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to understand that. It isn't difficult when your children are rebellious and naughty for you to deal with them. You don't say, oh, you broke the windows? You wrecked the garden, you're smoking weed upstairs, you're playing your music so three houses away they can hear you, 
you used my car without permission and you crashed it. Come inside, let me bless you. How many of you know that is illogical? When sin grips your children, the penalty of sin is rejection and punishment. So when sin grips us and rules us, the end result is the reward of that sin is banishment from God. When we turn from sin and take Jesus as Savior, then we get to know the compassion of God. We get heaven as a destination, and we're blessed because we trust in Him, not in our own works. And God has to give His Son to the earth because we have sin gripping us, and sin's penalty is hell. But God destined us for heaven. Does that make sense today? You see, the Lord saw us in the grip of sin, just like He saw Israel in the grip of Pharaoh. Pharaoh held them bondage. They were slaves to Pharaoh. And there's the same picture of the Christian. The Christian is like a, uh, the, the non-Christian is like a slave to the devil. And when Jesus comes, we are freed from that. We, we might sin, but we're not, we're not in the grip of sin. In fact, if you read Exodus, here's a picture of what God saw and what he sees for us as he sent his son. Exodus 3 verse 7. It says, the Lord says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. In other words, I've got compassion. So he says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. God came down in the burning bush, but now he sent his son down because he saw us in the grip of sin and our destination, and he sent all of heaven down. You see, you can't break sin's power by yourself. Jesus needed to die on the cross to break sin's power over us and for God to forgive us all our sins through that sacrifice on the cross. William Willimon wrote a book called Thank God It's Friday, and he didn't write that book because he was tired of the work week, but he was speaking about Good Friday. And I want to read this to you because it's this picture of how God rescued us. He says, despite our earnest efforts, we couldn't climb all the way up to God. So what did God do? In an amazing act of condescension on Good Friday, God climbed down to us, became one with us. The story of divine condescension begins on Christmas and ends on Good Friday. We thought if there's to be business between us and God, we must somehow get up to God. But he says, then God came down, down to the level of the cross, all the way down to the depths of hell, he who knew not sin, he who knew not sin took our sins so that we might be free of it. Heaven came down so that sin could be dealt with, so that we could go to heaven. You see, here's the problem with what people have today. We think if we're good enough, we can earn heaven. It's not about getting into heaven, it's about God getting heaven into us. And that's why when you receive Jesus, you receive heaven into your life. Let me read quickly as the time goes on. John chapter 6, Jesus says this of himself. Notice, four times he uses the same phrase. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. Then the fourth time he says it again, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, 
which I give for the life of the world. It's not about getting into heaven. It's about getting heaven into us. And Jesus came down with all of heaven to hang on a cross, to die for our sins so that we could receive the compassion of God, know our eternal destination, be blessed, and be freed from sin. Christmas is no ordinary occasion. It is when one realm invaded another. I don't know if you realize it today, but he came down from heaven. Martin Luther, I don't have time to read it today, but he said he descended from heaven so that he could become the ladder upon which we could ascend into heaven. It was C.S. Lewis who said this. He said the Son of God became man to enable men to become sons of God. It's not about getting into heaven. It's about getting heaven into us. And as I close today, I wanted to say this. Do you know him? Have you partaken of him? Do you have heaven living in you? Because when Jesus comes into your life, it's not just a mental agreement. I go to church. You know, I think I believe, but I also believe in other religions. You know, there's good in every religion. And you know, if you mix them all together, it's like a nice buffet. You can have a bit of everything. No, no, no. Jesus stands unique as the one who existed before, who came down not just to come and teach us, but to die for our sins. There is no other way to get to God but through him. And he who came down, came down so that we might go up. And we can't celebrate Christmas like it's just another one of many religious things. No, it stands distinctive. All of heaven came to the planet that all of earth might go to heaven. Question is, do you know him today? Have you received him? Two quick things here as I, as I close. Max Lucado said this. He said, let him into the mire and muck of our world, for only if we let him in can he pull us out. You know, when Christ comes in, Heaven comes into your life. You may remember a song, and I'll just quote it briefly. John W. Peterson wrote it in 1961. And it talks about the experience of a Christian. And it talks about that in verse 2. But let me read verse 1. He says, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. A day I'll never forget. After I'd wandered in darkness away, Jesus, my Savior, I met. Not I got to know about, I met Oh, what a tender, compassionate friend. He met the need of my heart, shadows dispelling. With joy I am telling, he made all the darkness depart. But then verse 2 explains it. Explains everything I've been saying today. He says, heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross my Savior made me whole. My sins were washed away. My night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Salvation isn't just an agreement, a mental understanding, or a religious observance. It is encountering he who came from heaven, taking him into your life, and experiencing heaven and a complete change of life. That's what it means to be a Christian. People can't understand why we come to church, why we sing, why we give, why we worship. It's because we don't just have a religion. We have a Savior who lived before, was sent down, and has come into our lives. And now we know where we're destined for. We know the compassion of God. We know the blessing of God. And we know that our sin has been forgiven. The question is today is, do you know him? Have you given your life to him? Have you experienced heaven in your life? Or is it just something that you know about? I want to pray with you this morning as I close. Won't you bow your head all across the room?
as we take a moment to pray. And what I want to do is I want to pray for people who are in the room today, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, people who would like to give their lives to Jesus for the very first time or to recommit their lives. Maybe you've lost your way. You've embraced other things. You've, you've created a, a, a mix of beliefs. Maybe COVID has caused you to lose heart and lose faith, give up on your salvation. Maybe today you realize, I need to make a recommitment because the Bible says the Lord stands at your, the door of your heart and He knocks at speaking to the Christian. And He wants to come in. and He wants to eat with us, He says, and you with me because He's the bread of life, the bread of life that came down from heaven. Not just a concept, but a person. If today you want to recommit your life or give your life to Jesus for the first time, the Bible simply says that if you believe in your heart that God has sent Jesus and that he's died and been raised from the dead, if you put your trust in him and give your life to him, you will be saved. That's how salvation occurs. And if you pray a prayer, acknowledging that, you can receive Jesus. What we do in this church is we pray out loud. All of us pray out loud with you. And today what I want to do is I want to pray with you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to do any of that. We're just going to acknowledge you. And then together we're going to pray a prayer that will connect you with the one who was sent down when all of heaven came down. If that's you today, say, that's me. I need you to pray that prayer with me. I need to recommit my life. I need to give my life to Jesus. Just lift your hand up. Raise it up. Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Just lift it up. Thank you. Raise it up. Say, today, that's me. Would you pray with me? Up in the gallery, just raise your hand if that's you. I'm looking out for hands. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? This is, this is between you and God. This is not for me. This is for you. You need to leave here today saying, I made that decision. I gave my heart to Jesus. You don't earn heaven. You don't deserve heaven. You get it because you trust and you receive the gift. That's why we give gifts at Christmas because the greatest gift was given to us. Heaven's treasure was given to us. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. It's not about getting to heaven. It's about getting heaven into us. One last call. You say, thank you for waiting. Put your hand up quickly. That's it. Raise it up. Yes, thank you, ma'am. I see you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm going to pray now. And what we're going to do, church, we're in person. We're not at home in bed. We're not in our lounge. Can we pray out loud with everybody? And if you raised your hand, pray with me today. Let's pray like this. Thank you, Father, that you sent your son to die for my sins. I believe in him today. And I receive heaven's gift for my salvation. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I put my trust in you today. And I receive you into my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's thank God today. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.